What is up, my friend? Welcome to episode 19 of the Anthony Tony Mix podcast. And this episode is all about how to forgive someone who hurt you deeply. And I encourage you to listen to this episode with really an open heart and a mind because it may be really a lot different than what you've heard on the subject before. Yet, when I've shared these concepts I'm going to be talking about today with my clients, um, it's really unlocked like this whole new level of freedom and peace in their lives. And my intention is that it's going to do the same for you. And if you're hearing a little echo, it's just because I've moved into a new place and uh, there's a little echo in here until we get the furniture in here. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Anthony John Amex podcast, helping entrepreneurs break through to new levels of peace, power, and profit. Prepare to open your mind to the proven tactics and strategies the world's leading intellects have used to avoid a stagnant career and achieve a life of freedom, purpose, and success. It's time to increase your levels of power with your host, Anthony John Amex. All right, welcome back. This is another Sunday sermon edition of the Anthony John Amex podcast. And as you know, we dive deep on these episodes to get some spiritual meat. But before we dive too deep, I want to let you know about a book I've created that will help you unlock a new level of power in your life. Just go to ajamyx.com slash book to grab that book for free. And I'll let you know that it will make the rest of this episode a lot more impactful. And again, that's ajamix.com slash book to get that book for free. So let's go ahead and dive down the rabbit hole, shall we? Now, you've probably heard that you should forgive someone who has hurt you. But have you ever really stopped to ask yourself, like, why? Like, why should you forgive Anyone, if you're open, I'll have you consider when you forgive someone, you actually regain your own sense of personal power. You regain a sense of peace, a sense of freedom. See, the thing is, like holding on to your feelings of anger or your feelings of resentfulness, this is like giving yourself poison to eat, and it does nothing more than destroy your own life. And back in 2015, I've learned that there was four phases of life and Christopher John Stubbs, you know, you may have heard him uh, on episode number four, I believe. He was the first one to teach me this. The first phase is life as me. Now, this takes place when we're born into the world and we're simply just being, right? Like as a baby, we don't really have any thoughts because our neofrontal cortex, it hasn't developed yet. So we're just being, we're angry, we're sad, we're crying, like we're just being here, we're existing, simply existing as life, as me, or as God, as me. So essentially, we're just little pure balls of consciousness, right? Well, then around the age of two or so, when the neofrontal cortex starts developing, we then move into the second phase of life, which is life happens to me. Now, in this phase, we start to believe that the world happens to us. Now, you see this happen when a child's running across a field or something. They stump their toe on a rock, and they fall down, and they start crying, and they're pointing at the rock and blaming the rock, and, and the child thinks it's the rock's fault, like the rock made the child fall. And then the parents come over, and they tell the child, oh, that mean old rock, and they anchor in victim consciousness. Well, the sad part of this is most humans never really make it out of the second phase of life. And as they grow older, it's no longer the rock's fault. Instead, it's the governments or the economies or the wife, the husband, you know, our childhood upbringing, God's fault, religion's fault, the FDA's, Trump's fault, like whatever. I could go on forever here. Essentially, it's everyone's fault but their own. Now, if I had to guess, like this is just me guessing, this isn't based on science. If I just had to guess, I'd say probably 80% of humanity lives in 
phase two of life. And then there's probably another, let's say, 8% of humanity, right? For those people, something happens in their life and they wake up. Like they get tired of reacting to life and instead they say, fuck this. Like I am in control of my life and they start to take responsibility for everything. And when they do that, they move into the third phase of life, which is life happens by me. And in this third phase of life, like life becomes really, really good. Like here in the third phase of life, people are taking responsibility for everything, their words, their feelings, their per own personal development, right? And I would say that probably the majority of high achievers, they function in the third phase of life. Now, the only problem with the third phase of life is if we're not careful, people burn out because they're taking so much responsibility and they're attempting to control everything all of the time. Like if there's a problem, they're like, oh, my fault. It has to be because that's the only thing that they think they control. Well, there's the fourth phase of life that very few people get to. I'd probably say only probably 2% of humanity if I just had to guess. And that fourth phase is life happens through me. Or some may call it like God happens through me. And in this phase, you become a co-creator with God. You know, source, universe, spirit, whatever name you want to call it. Like you're still taking responsibility for your words and your thoughts and your feelings and your deeds, yet you also know when to surrender to God and allow that force, whatever you call it, you allow that force to work through you. And I feel like a lot of the work that I'm here to do is to really help more and more people that are in phase three of life to transition into more of phase four. And currently, I feel like I dance between phase three and phase four. It's like maybe I spend, I don't know, 70, 80% of my time and phase three and probably 20, 30% of my time in phase four. And so part of my journey right now is learning to spend more and more of my time in phase four of life. And I know that when we live in phase four, this is where life starts to become really, really incredible because we have enough awareness to really, really enjoy all that we're accomplishing. And we experience more fulfillment because we're living and embodying a lot of our purpose. So what does this have to do with forgiveness? Well, when someone is holding on to their anger or their resentment towards another person, they're living in phase two of life. Like essentially they're looking back in the past and they're justifying why they're a victim. Now, what I'm about to say may trigger you and I totally get that. I'm just asking you to breathe a little bit and to stay open because some people have experienced some nasty dark shit in their life. Like I get it. It, it happens, unfortunately. And some people have experienced some stuff that no human should ever have to experience, yet the reality is they experienced it. And I'm sorry. I'm genuinely sorry if that's you. I truly am. Now, I also know that if we're going to take responsibility for our lives and step into our power and unlock a new level of peace, purpose, and profit in our lives, well, at some point, we must stop looking at the past and just move on. For to constantly look back in the past is to continually bring that shit into the present. And this episode is all about forgiveness. See, if we do not forget those who have trespassed against us, those who have hurt us deeply, we do not have the power to create our lives and we're ultimately stuck living in phase two of life. And I'm here to tell you when you choose to forgive another human and allow yourself to take radical responsibility for your own life and move into phase three and into phase four, right? Life becomes amazing. So what does it mean to forgive someone even mean? 
Well, it means to stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone for an offense or a flaw or a mistake. Now, maybe you're thinking like, dude, AJ, like you don't understand what I've been through, bro. Like you don't understand how much pain they've caused me. Like how can you ever say I must forgive them? I mean, it's, it's impossible. And there's a part of me that gets it. And there's a part of me that's like, man, I'm sorry for you. There's also another part of me that sees and understands the bigger picture. And I know healing is possible. A good friend of mine grew up in a super fucked up cult. One where his father had molested him and every single one of his brothers and sisters. And for years, my friend was fucking angry and pissed off and wanted to kill his father. And over the years, he started to do some deep healing work. And eventually he got to a place where he could look his father in the eye and say, thank you for molesting me. For if you never did that, I wouldn't truly know what love is because I've experienced the depth of hate and now I'm experiencing the depths of love. I forgive you, yet also know that that will never, ever happen again on my watch. And I remember when I heard this story, like it changed my life. Like something in me really just, whoop, it, it just clicked and switched because it gave me a new perspective that I had never really ever considered about forgiveness. One where you can find healing and stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone, yet also stand in a place of power where you uphold your values of love for other people. So how can we get to this place of forgiveness like my friend experienced? Well, I want to read a short story from Neil Donald Walsh. It's called The Little Soul in the Sun because I believe it's really going to help shed a lot of light on this topic and I just ask, like, as I read this little story, I just really invite you to keep an open mind and to really feel the truth held behind, like, within the story. Once upon a time, there was a little soul who said to God, I know who I am. And God said, that's wonderful. Who are you? And the little soul shouted, I'm the light. God smiled a big smile. That's right, God exclaimed. You are the light. The little soul was so happy for it had figured out what all of the souls in the kingdom were there to figure out. Wow, said the little soul, this is really cool. But soon, knowing who it was, was not enough. The little soul felt stirrings inside and now wanted to be who it was. And so the little soul went back to God, which is really not a bad idea for all souls who want to be who they really are, and said, Hi, God. Now that I know who I am, is it okay for me to be it? And God said, You mean you want to be who you already are? Well, replied the little soul, it's one thing to know who I am and another altogether to actually be it. I want to feel what it's like to be the light. But you already are the light, God replied, smiling again. Yes, but I want to see what that feels like, cried the little soul. Well, said God with a chuckle, I suppose I should have known. You always were the adventuresome one. Then God's expression changed. There's only one Thing. Well, what? asked the little soul. Well, there is nothing else but the light. You see, I created nothing but what you are, and so there is no easy way for you to experience yourself as who you are since there is nothing that you are not. Huh? said the little soul, who was now a little confused. Think of it this way, said God. You're like a candle in the sun. Oh, you're right there, along with million, kajillion other candles who make up the sun. And the sun would not be the sun without you. Nay, it would be a sun without one of its candles, and that would not be the sun at all, for it would not shine as brightly. 
Yet how to know yourself as the light when you're amidst the light? That is the question. Well, the little soul perked up. You're God. Think of something. Once more, God smiled. I already have, God said. Since you cannot see yourself as the light when you're in the light, we'll surround you with darkness. What's darkness, the little soul asked. God replied, it is that which you are not. Will I be afraid of the dark, cried the little soul? Only if you choose to be, God answered. There's nothing really to be afraid of unless you decide that there is. You see, we're making it all up. We are pretending. Oh, said the little soul and felt a little better already. Then God explained that in order to experience anything at all, the exact opposite of it will appear. It is a great gift, God said, because without it, you could not know what anything is like. You could not know warm without cold, up without down, fast without slow. You could not know left without right, here without there, now without then. And so, God concluded, when you are surrounded with darkness, do not shake your fist and raise your voice and curse the darkness. Rather, be a light unto the darkness and don't be mad about it. Then you will know who you really are, and all others will know too. Let your light so shine that everyone will know how special you are. You mean it's okay to let others see how special I am, asked the little soul? Of course, God chuckled. It's very okay, but remember, special does not mean better. Everybody is special, each in their own way, yet many others have forgotten that. They will see that it is okay for them to be special only when you see that it is okay for you to be special. Wow, said the little soul, dancing and skipping and laughing and jumping with joy. I can be as special as I want to be. Yes, and you can start right now, said God, who is dancing and skipping and laughing right along with the little soul. What part of special do you want to be? What part of special, the little soul repeated. I don't understand. Well, God explained, being the light is being special, and being special has a lot of parts to it. It is special to be kind. It is special to be gentle. It is special to be creative. It is special to be patient. Can you think of any other ways it is to be special to be? The little soul sat quietly for a moment. I can think of lots of ways to be special, the little soul then exclaimed. It is special to be helpful. It is special to be sharing. It is special to be friendly. It is special to be considerate of others. Yes, God agreed, and you can be all of those things or any part of special you wish to be at any moment. That's what it means to be the light. I know what I want to be. I know what I want to be, the little soul announced with great excitement. I want to be that part of special called forgiving. Isn't it special to be forgiving? Oh, yes, God assured the little soul. That is very special. Okay, said the little soul, that's what I want to be. I want to be forgiving. I want to experience myself as that. Good, said God, but there's only one thing you should know. The little soul was becoming a bit impatient now. It always seemed as though there were some complication. What is it, the little soul sighed? There is no one to forgive. No one? The little soul could hardly believe what had been said. No one, God repeated. Everything I have made is perfect. There is not a single soul in all creation less perfect than you. Look around you. It was then that the little soul realized a large crowd had gathered. Souls had come from far and wide, from all over the kingdom, for the word had gone forth that the little soul was having this extraordinary conversation with God, and everyone wanted to hear what they were saying. Looking at the countless other souls gathered there, the little soul had to agree. None appeared less wonderful, less magnificent, or less perfect than the little soul itself, 
Such was the wonder of the souls gathered around, and so bright was their light that the little soul could scarcely gaze upon them. Who then to forgive, asked God. Boy, this is going to be no fun at all, grumbled the little soul. I wanted to experience forgiveness. I wanted to experience myself as one who forgives. I wanted to know what that part of special felt like. And the little soul learned what it must feel like to be sad. And just then, a friendly little soul stepped forward from the crowd. Not to worry, little soul, the friendly soul said. I will help you. You will, the little soul brightened. But what can you do? Why, I can give you someone to forgive. You can? Certainly, chirped the friendly soul. I can come into your next lifetime and do something for you to forgive. But why? Why would you do that? The little soul asked. You who are a being of such utter perfection, you who vibrate with such a speed that it creates a light so bright that I can hardly gaze upon you, what could cause you to want to slow down your vibration to such a speed that your bright light would become dark and dense? What could cause you who are so light that you dance upon the stars and move throughout the kingdom with the speed of your thought to come into my life and make yourself so heavy that you could do this bad thing? Simple, the friendly soul said. I would do it because I love you. The little soul seemed surprised at the answer. Don't be so amazed, said the friendly soul. You have done the same thing for me, don't you remember? Oh, we have danced together, you and I, many times, through the eons and across all the ages we have danced. Across all time and in many places we have played together, you just don't remember. We have both been all of it. We have been the up and the down of it, the left and the right of it. We have been the here and the there of it, the now and the then of it. We have been the male and the female, the good and the bad. We have been both the victim and the villain of it. Thus, we have come together, you and I, many times before, each bringing to the other the exact and perfect opportunity to express and to experience who we really are. And so the friendly soul explained a little further, I will come into your next lifetime and be the bad one this time. I will do something really terrible and then you can experience yourself as the one who forgives. But what will you do, the little soul asked, just a little nervously. That will be so terrible. Oh, replied the friendly soul with a twinkle, we'll think of something. Then the friendly soul seemed to turn serious and said in a quiet voice, you're right about one thing you know. What is that? The little soul wanted to know. I will have to slow down my vibration to become very heavy to do this not-so-nice thing. I will have to pretend to be something very unlike myself, and so I have but one favor to ask of you in return. Oh, anything, anything, cried the little soul and began to dance and sing. I get to be forgiving, I get to be forgiving. Then the little soul saw that the friendly soul was remaining very quiet. What is it? The little soul asked. What can I do for you, you who are such an angel to be willing to do this for me? Of course this friendly soul is an angel, God interrupted. Everyone is. Always remember, I have sent you nothing but angels. And so the little soul wanted more than ever to grant the friendly soul's request. What can I do for you, the little soul asked again. In the moment that I strike you and smite you, the friendly soul replied. And the moment that I do the worst to you that you could possibly imagine, and that very moment, yes, the little soul interrupted, yes, the friendly soul became quieter still, remember who I really am. Oh, I will, cried the little soul, I promise I will always remember as I see you right here and right now. Good, said the friendly soul, because you see, I will have been pretending so hard I will have forgotten myself. 
And if you do not remember me as I really am, I may not be able to remember for a very long time. And if I forget who I am, you may even forget who you are, and we will both be lost. Then we will need another soul to come along and remind us of both of who we are. No, we won't, the little soul promised again. I will remember you, and I will thank you for bringing me this gift, the chance to experience myself as who I am. And so the agreement was made. And the little soul went forth into a new lifetime, excited to be the light, which was very special, and excited to be that part of special called forgiveness. And the little soul waited anxiously to be able to experience itself as forgiveness and to think whatever other soul made it possible. And at all the moments in that new lifetime, whenever a new soul appeared on the scene, whether that new soul brought up joy or sadness, and especially if it brought up sadness, the little soul thought of what God had said. Always remember, God had smiled, I have sent you nothing but angels. In Romans 8.28, it says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now, to be clear, I'm not here saying God wanted dark shit to happen. I don't believe that. I mean, humans will be humans and hurt people hurt people. It's fucked up, and I wish it didn't happen, yet the reality is, is it is what it is. And we can sit here and wish that it doesn't happen, but the reality is that's not going to change anything because hurt people will continue hurting people. And what I've learned is really the only thing that we can do about this is increase our capacity for power and unconditional love and to bring as much light and love as possible to our family and friends and those that we come in contact with every single day. We can stand in the paradox of life. And while some may think that love is only like hugs and kisses and rainbows and butterflies, like it's not. Sometimes the most loving thing that you can do is punch someone in the mouth. Sometimes love is defending yourself. I'm not talking about killing another human or something extreme, but deterring the act that is harming oneself or harming another human. Sometimes that is love. And this is the paradox. And this is why I believe in the center is where power exists. So we can come back to this verse in Romans 8.28 where it says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Like, if we understand this, we can understand that we can stand in a place of power and remember this story about the little soul and the son, and remember that what God said in the story, like, always remember I have sent you nothing but angels. And this is why I believe that we can know, just like in this verse, that in all things, God works for the good of those who trust him, those who love him. And this philosophy is why my friend, after doing so much healing work, got to a place where he could look his father in the eye and say, thank you for molesting me, for it taught me what love truly is. And this is why I'm thankful for my mother being angry with us growing up. This is why I'm thankful for my father constantly criticizing my performances and never telling me you know, a good job or whatever, like for without these experiences, I wouldn't be able to be or have the capacity to be or do the things that I do today. So I hope this is making sense. And I hope you're like seeing the parallels in your own life. Like forgiveness is not about them. It's always about you. It's always about your life. Because after all, that's all that you have control of anyway. And I know that if you get this, like, learning to forgive somebody who hurt you deeply. If you get this, you're going to experience a new level of peace, power, and purpose in your life, and it's going to be unlocked for you. 
And from this new place of power, you can then go forth to create deeper levels of connection with those that you want to experience love with. You can experience new levels of happiness, new levels of fulfillment, and have more space to go out and create new, like real big-ass results in your life, whether it's in business or your career or whatever, right? So my invitation to you today is this. Where in your life are you holding on to the anger and resentment? Like what relationship are you holding on to that anger and resentment? And if you allowed yourself to get honest with yourself for once, how much happiness is it actually creating in your own life by holding on to that anger and that resentment? And now that you know that God, spirit, universe, whatever name you want to call it, has sent you nothing but angels, what lesson may be available for you? Well, my friend, I told you that we'd be going down the rabbit hole on forgiveness today, and I hope this has served you. Like, I hope this has opened up your mind and your heart to some new possibilities. It was like pretty kind of deep, a little bit dark uh, episode, but it's something that needs to be said, um, I believe. So if you want to connect with a like-minded group of people who are committed to their own growth and who are committed to creating a new level of freedom and purpose and success for themselves then, man, I invite you to join the Shift community. It's absolutely free. You can go check that out by going to ajamix.com slash community. Every single week, I host a Lunch and Learn on Tuesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time uh, in the group. It's free. You can join that, listen to it. Plus, if you have any questions about this topic, forgiveness, or how to handle certain situations, like, man, simply ask in the group. That's like that's what it's for. I designed the group to be a safe space, and it's full of this incredibly supportive people. So make sure you go check that out and join at ajamix.com slash community. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Anthony John Amix podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for being here. Until next time, my friend, I'm out. Peace. That's all for this episode of the Anthony John Amix podcast. But we have plenty more to help you achieve a life of freedom, purpose, and success. Head on over to AJAmix.com for exclusive resources, information, and tools to break through to new levels of peace, power, and profit. We look forward to having you back for the next episode of the Anthony John Amix podcast. Bye for now.